Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. I'm ready to jump into God's Word, and I know you are too. So before we do that, though, I'm I'm going to give you a little bit of a nudge on your Faith Accelerator Challenge. If you have not yet gone to the City Life app and completed the Faith Accelerator Challenge, of course, get it done like, uh, like we just heard. But we do have a scripture that we're memorizing this fall. And we're going to read through it. We're going to read through it out loud. It's going to be on the screens. No cheating. You can't look at your Bibles. Those of you who have your Bibles open, I don't know what you're doing with those Bibles open right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you would, yeah, who would ever hear that in church? I just don't want y'all cheating, okay? I know you're not cheating. But, but we're going to look at Mark chapter 11, verse Verses 23 and 24, I want you to put them up on the screens. And what I'm doing each week is I'm adding blanks. So the, the first week we went through this, I just had everything there. And then I started adding more. So more and more blanks appear every single week during this thing. So we're going to say it together because I know you're memorizing it. You're getting it. And if you haven't yet memorized it, you can. You will. You're going to get it. So let's go through it. Take a look at it. You've got to say it with your good outdoor voices, you know, like the voices that were screaming when TCU beat Baylor yesterday. So let's say it. Let's say it out loud. Really? Come on. Let's go. Truly, I tell you, this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen. Good. It will be for them. Good. Here's the next part. Therefore, I tell you, Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. <laughs> do you guys believe that? Do you believe it? I do too. All right, open your Bibles up now. You are allowed to open up your Bibles. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews 12, I love the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 12, 1, though, I want you to turn there today. And while you're finding it, I want to tell you something. God isn't finished with you yet. Don't you dare throw in the towel. Don't you dare give up. Some of you are facing some circumstances that are crazy. But I'm just saying, remain active in your faith life. Whether you see answers coming or not, keep moving forward. You know, you may have some circumstances that are unbelievable. No, keep moving forward. Stay in the race. Stay in the race. Stay in the race. Because that's what this Faith Accelerator Challenge is all about. And some of you guys may have started the Faith Accelerator Challenge with us a few weeks ago, and you dove in, you were all excited, and and then boom, 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 prayer started being answered, and you're like, yes, 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 yes. And, And I know who some of you are. You've been sharing that with me. I'm so happy for you. Others of you, you're going, well, what about me? You know, I I submitted my prayer needs, and I've been praying. I've been coming on Sundays, and and things have gotten worse instead of better. You guys know what I'm talking about? That ever happened to you? Yes, yes, yes. Has that ever happened to you? Yes or no? Yes, yes. Okay, good. Just making sure you guys are, because of course that happens. And what do you do when it even just seems to get worse instead of better? How do you handle that? 
Well, we're going to talk about all that today. In fact, you know, you, you, you might even be saying, well, one more service today, and we'll see. And, and you know, I, I, I just want you to walk by faith, not by what you see. That's the key. You're going to walk by faith, not by what you see. The title of today's message is How to Stay in the Race. How to Stay in the Race. Uh, I went hiking this week, and I, I love hiking. That's just part of what, what I like to do. I, I don't get to do the crazy kind of hiking I used to do since a few years ago. I, I broke my patella, and, you know, just, it's just, I'm not able to do what I used to like to do, but I still love to hike. And so I, I went out to, to hike, uh, and, and I pulled out the map. And I calculated the number of miles that the hike was and kind of looked at the terrain. So, okay, we got some terrain here, and this is going to be interesting. And, and, uh, and, and, and the, the, the trail was rated as difficult. But, of course, for me, it's like difficult. No, that means moderate because, uh, because I, I, I'll tell you what, difficult. Difficult is hiking the Grand Canyon. Difficult is walking on a skinny little trail with portions of it washed out with a, with a drop of 100 yards right next to you. Now that, that my friend, is difficult. This is like, okay, I, I can handle this. I can handle this. So, uh, and, and so I, I don't know what's ahead, though, because there's wildlife out there. I mean, this is actually a wildlife preserve. Ooh. Now you might say, oh, sure, a bunny rabbit. Maybe. But that also means rattlesnakes and copperheads and that, you know, all the, all the crazy stuff that happens out there, everything else. This, this is going to be fun. This is going to be an adventure. That's why Rebecca didn't go with me on the hike. So I, I, I'm out there, and, and I, I've calculated how far it is, and we just started, I started going and going, and, and I love it because what I had was I just had my audio book to listen to, and I had my map, and I had my, I just, just had my, my boots on, I'm ready to go, and the wonderful thing is, as soon as I start walking out there, I all of a sudden see some other footprints of some other boots, and just wrote, is a nice reminder to me that within the past 24 hours, because it had just rained, within the past 24 hours, someone else has blazed this trail, someone else has been out here, and so that's kind of a good feeling. Uh, I I know there's some slippery rocks ahead and some obstacles, but I'm going to make it. I'm going to be okay. And, and it, it helps me to know that because somebody had to create the map. Somebody's already been on this trail. Somebody's already done this. So I can walk this way too, even though I have no clue what's right around the corner. And I hit a few forks in the road, not road, but on the trail. I don't know which way to go. And so I start going a certain direction, and then I see I don't think that, that matches up with the map, and I go back, and you have to do that a few times, but that's part of the adventure of faith also. It's the same kind of a thing. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says this. It says, we live by faith, not by sight. It's not I have faith that I'm going to be able to get to the end of this thing. I have faith that I'm going to be able to get back to my vehicle because I can't see it. I can't see it. In fact, I couldn't see my vehicle until I was about 15 yards from the vehicle. But I know it's got to be right around that corner. And I'm going to keep moving forward, keep moving forward, take another sip of water and keep going on. Now, what we do, though, in our faith journey is we take cues from the signs and the signals around us. We also get our direction from the roadmap, which is the Bible, the Word of God, the Scriptures. And, and I'll tell you, when you maintain a daily diet in the Scriptures, you're going to stay, you're going to get to your destination. You're 
going to stay on that path. You may take a few little detours here and there, but that word of God is going to be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Now, I want you to remember this. Some of you say, yeah, but I can't see the, the, the end of the road on this, in this uh, Bible. Well, actually, the Bible does tell you the end of the road, and we win. I'll let you know that much. But it also doesn't say that the Bible is this big, huge spotlight that's going to shine 500 yards out there and show you everything. No, it just says it's going to show you the next step you need to take. But if you're not in the Word, you're not going to know that next step. And that's where I think most people get off. So we're going to take a look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. And we're going to look at the first two verses of this, uh, of this chapter. And, and again, my encouragement here is we go through this, stay in the race, and I want you to keep moving forward. And let's look at what he says here. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, a great cloud of witnesses. So this is the imagery of, of people, in a sense, that are like above us, watching us, okay? That's the image you're giving us there, okay? Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. I like that, the pioneer, which means he went first. He blazed first. And there are all these others, the, uh, these other witnesses, men and women of God who have gone before us, and, and, uh, and, and they, they've already passed into eternity. And it's, it's like, it's as if they're cheering us on, and they're saying, come on, you can make it. Come on, you can make it. And I want you to feel that. I want you to sense that, and I want you to know you're not alone. Let's pray. God, I pray for a spirit of revelation in this room. I pray that we will not be stuck in our own mental traditions and our own ways of doing things that keep us from, uh, from really moving forward with faith. I ask you, God, to not only just give us revelation, but give us the courage to walk it out when we walk out of this place in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want you to stay in the race. Now, in biblical times, people moved pretty much everywhere on foot. That was really the standard way of getting from place to place. I mean, today, most people would, would say it's unthinkable, you know. I, I, I couldn't do that. You, you have to park like a block away from the place you're going. You're just going to keep driving for the next 45 minutes until you find a parking spot right in front of where you want to go. And that's, that's today's culture. And then I'm not going to rip on you too much, but, but it's, it, it's good to get out and it's good to walk. But, but really, the most, most walking that people do today is if you're walking on the trails or if you're walking on a treadmill. And, uh, and I, I just believe that there's more to this, that, that God wants us to be able to not just, not, just, uh, uh, not just barely make it through life, but for us to get through it in a solid way. But let's just take a look at automobiles instead, because automobiles is the way that we uh, get from one place to another. That's how we travel in the 21st century. And, and I drive everywhere. Uh, I, I, uh, except downtown. I, if I'm downtown, I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk to basically wherever I go. I like doing that. Adrian, you know, he's, he's my, he's my buddy on that. Cause Adrian and I, we can like read each other's minds. You just cut through the parking lots. We know, we cut through the alleys. We know, we know where we're going. Anybody who's following us thinking you're crazy. What are you doing? Where are you going? It's like, yeah, I just know my way around. I like to walk downtown, but, but when it comes to just about everywhere else, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll do the driving thing, but I want you to get this as we are traveling and as we're on our way and through our journeys in this life, this faith journey really is what I'm talking about. I want you to get this first point down. The road that you're on, your road has been traveled by other people. 
someone has already been on the road that you're currently traveling right now. Others have gone before you. You've got to remember that. This is not something brand new. As you hopped in your vehicles this morning to come to church, I mean, unless you live downtown, you, you gave probably very little attention to the road that was in front of you because you know the road. You know you're not blazing new territory, and that road, road, the truth is that road has been driven around here. If it's one of these roads, it's been driven by tens of thousands of people, if not hundreds, if not millions, uh, hundreds of thousands or even millions of people have driven on that road through the years, and, and it's all been mapped out. There's plenty of signage. You know where you're going. You even have GPS to help you get there. So, so the beauty of that, though, is that, is that that's kind of like our faith journey, and that's really what I want you to see on this faith journey. You can trust the signs. You can trust the fact that this is not some brand new road, and you're not the only one who has experienced some roadblocks, some slip, uh, slick spots. You're not the only one who's, who's hit a few bumps in the road or a few detours. No, you're not the first person to go through that. Others have gone through it before. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says it. Look at it. It says, we are surrounded by such a great cloud. And these witnesses are faith-filled people who have already blazed these trails. And we're about halfway through our faith accelerator challenge. And uh, so far, we've talked about several faith-filled individuals. And, and uh, three of the, the individuals that we've talked about are actually mentioned here in Hebrews chapter 12. And we, we, we've learned from, about David. We've learned about Joshua. And we've learned about Gideon. And we learned about Bartimaeus. And, and, and these people are, are listed in the hall of... It's actually called the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, chapter 11 not 12. But these people have gone before us. And they've learned things, and they've experienced things, and they've and 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 even that's why we even have the Old Testament so that we can learn from their experiences and what they've walked through. That's what the Scripture tells us to know that that you you can get to the other side too. You can win. You can win. You can win. Now, one of the other things I want to encourage you with, though, is if you're going to stay in the race, is some of you just need to get rid of your rearview mirror. You just need to get it. Get get rid. of of your rearview mirror. Just get rid of it altogether. Now, if you guys get in your car and start tearing them off of the windshield, you, know, you may have issues. But, but I want you to get rid of your spiritual or your faith rearview mirror. Because what that causes you to do, it causes you to keep looking at the past, living in the past, looking at what's back there. And, and a lot of times you're looking back at something that was wonderful, that was great. Well, I remember this, and I can't believe that's in the past. It was so wonderful back there, uh, the good old days. And the other times you're thinking about, man, there are some misdeeds, and there are some failures back there, and I'm ruined, I'm destroyed because of that. But listen, if you keep looking in your rearview mirror, you're going to have problems. Because how many of you drove to church today looking in your rearview mirror the whole way? But some of you are living your faith lives like that. You're going to run off the road. You're going to crash. You wonder why you're not making forward progress. You wonder why you keep hitting the ditch. It's because you're looking at the past. You're so stressed out about what's already behind you. Rip that, that, that rearview mirror off your windshield of your faith life. Not your car. Your faith life. Get rid of it and quit looking at what's in the past. 13 has a great, uh, has a great word of encouragement to us from the Apostle Paul. He says this forgetting what is behind. What are you going to do with what's behind? Forget it. Say, I'm going to forget it. I'm going to forget it. 
Some of you, three of you are going to forget. The rest of you are going to hold on to it. I'm going back. We're going to review this entire point from the very beginning. All right. There's a thing called a rear view mirror. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that point again. So what are you going to do with the past? You're going to what? Forget it. (laughs) Yeah. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward, or if we want to use automobiles, accelerating toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. In other words, of what's in the rearview mirror. The past is the past. Leave it in the past. Others have crossed that finish line already, and they've learned that lesson. And with they, they've, they've gotten to the end with their faith intact. And it, but they also have learned that every time they start looking in the rearview mirror, it slows you down. I'm saying, get, get that out. Get that out. Because there are some people that are cheering you on to victory, that great cloud of witnesses. Another thing you need to do if you're going to uh, stay in the race is you need to get rid of your excess baggage. Whoa. Excess baggage. That's the stuff that you're carrying along with you that you completely forgot about. If some of you were to leave church today and open up your trunk, it would be like a treasure hunt, a mystery game, because there are things in there that you put two or three years ago in the trunk and you forgot totally about it. I told you a few weeks ago how my trunk flooded, which was totally weird. Like, I've been driving around this portable baptistry. I didn't know it, but it was like, yeah, wolf. My trunk was full of water. That was weird. But when I finally cleaned my trunk out, I found all kinds of surprises. Like, man, this is good. I even forgot I had a, had a, had a putter and some golf balls back there that I could, I could be doing that all day at work. I could have a great time. It's just like the, the things I've missed out on because of just so much stuff in the trunk. But you need to jettison your excess baggage if you're going to make this thing work. What is the baggage that's weighing you down? What is it? What is the baggage that you've been carrying around that's just there? And the truth is, it's hidden. You might think it's hidden, but God sees it as well. And God's also convicting some of you. You need to get rid of some excess baggage in your life. Let God speak to you as to what that exactly is. And, and if you keep that baggage concealed, you're only It's just wearing you down. God is saying, jettison your excess baggage. Take a look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Here it is again. It says this, let us throw off, throw off. That means jettison, get rid of, hurl it away. Everything that hinders. Everything that hinders. I mean, get rid of the stuff that's hindering right in you. And, and, and so whatever it is, what's slowing you down? Think about it. Let God speak to you. What is it? Get rid of it. It needs to go. Now, if you want to look in the Greek language on this word hinder, let's take a look at what it says. Because the word hinders is this, is this term angos, which is a weird word, angos, but it is what it is. It means a bulging load, a burden, a weight, or a hindrance. So what is it with you? Is it a negative attitude? Could it be an unresolved offense? Maybe it's an addiction. Get free from it. Jettison that excess baggage. Lighten your load so you can get right back on your journey. Also, if you're going to stay in the race, you need to use some clean fuel. You need some clean fuel. How many of you guys have ever had bad fuel? Put some bad fuel in your car. Yeah. I was going to use the term bad gas, but I thought, no, that doesn't really work very well. Let's just call it bad fuel. So, but, but that will slow you down. 
it'll mess you up. And I've had bad fuel before, uh, especially like if you're in another, like if you're in Mexico and yeah, you're going to get some bad fuel. But, but, but here, even in the States, you, you, you might see a really good deal on some gasoline. Like, man, I'm going there. I've got to save myself three cents. And, and you go. And, then, and I, I've done that before. Get really excited about this inexpensive gas. And, and then I, I pump it in. And it, it's happened to me where there's just so much junk in the, uh, in the gas that, that my fuel filter begins to get clogged. Well, the car starts running sluggish and it doesn't accelerate quite right. I can punch the accelerator and nothing quite works well. And then eventually my car just quits running altogether. And that fuel filter, it's all clogged up because of that unclean fuel. So there's a key to this, though, when it comes to our faith lives. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it also says this. It says, let us throw off the sin that so easily entangles. Let's talk a little bit about sin. You need to ask the Lord, first of all, to forgive you of your sin so that you can be clean. And then don't let those, the, 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 the condemnation come right back on you. Well, I, I, that's, that's, but it's in the past. You can't go back to that condemnation. But you need to let go of that sin. And what will happen if you keep sinning, it infects and it, uh, it, it pollutes your fuel for your faith journey. And it's going to slow down your progress. And if you keep going on like that, it's going to halt your progress, and you're going to be stuck. You're going to literally be stuck. Is, and I'm, hear me well. Let God speak to you on this. But it's not an issue of you not having enough faith. It's that you have so much sin that you keep participating in that is holding you back, and you're just not able to move forward anymore. And the Lord's saying to some of you today, you need to get rid of that sin. You need to get rid of it now. Get rid of it now. Get it out. Get the sin out of your life. If you want to be successful on your journey, you need to purify that fuel. In fact, one of the things we're doing today is communion here at the end of the service. It's a perfect time just to confess before God and believe that as you take those elements that, that, that's, that even strongholds and addictions and things of that nature, are they are going to be broken in Jesus' name. You can walk out of here a free and liberated person and you can move forward in your faith journey. And here's the next one. If you're going to stay in the race, don't fall asleep at the wheel. Don't fall asleep at the wheel. I mean, whatever it takes, don't do that. I mean, you got to stay alert. You need to stay, uh, you need to persevere. You need to keep going. Again, in Hebrews 12, 1, it says, let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. Run, perseverance. You're right. I mean, there's a lot that's in that. But, but you got to keep running. You, you just, you don't just give up and fall asleep at the wheel like, I'm so tired of this. I just can't do this anymore. And, uh, and, 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 and I like this because it does say, run, you, you've got to keep moving. You've got to do something. That's, there's a lot to faith that has to do with actually taking action instead of just sitting and waiting, like, I'm going to wait. Well, waiting on the Lord. Say, well, did the Bible say wait on the Lord? Yes, the Bible does say to wait on the Lord. That's an active waiting. So you are actually doing things as you're expecting God to, to work the miracle. Uh, there, there was uh, about 20 years ago in my church, the church I was pastoring, there's this lady, and her and her husband attended church. He would, he would come to church maybe three times a year, and most of the time she was by herself. She sat right on the second row. She's right there and hearing the word and took notes and involved in everything. But where is she? One time I said, is he working? You know, what, I, I miss him on Sundays all the time. She said, well, God has called him to be a pastor, 
And so what he does on Sundays instead of coming to church is he stays home and prays. I, why don't he come and get involved in something? You know, we can, we can train him. It's like, well, he, just, he feels like he just needs to stay home and pray. I said, how long has he been doing this? Oh, about 20 years. I am not kidding you. About 20 years. Well, to this date, to the best of my knowledge, he's still not a pastor. He's not doing anything. I said, well, let's get him in some courses. Let's get him into school. Let's get him in some training. Oh, no, he needs to stay home and pray. You know, that's not faith, my friend. That's not faith. What are you doing? Run with perseverance. But you've got to persevere. That, that word perseverance means cheerful, hopeful endurance. I like that. Cheerful, hopeful endurance. It's about staying alert, and it's about enduring every up and down of your journey with hope. You're laughing. You have cheer. There's joy in your heart. Well, I like it because we say Joy needs to be in your heart as you endure, as you move through. That's so sleepiness and negativity and self-hate and regret and laziness. Those things cannot be a part of your faith journey. I mean, how many times have you known of someone falling asleep at the wheel in a real car? And it's a disaster and it's a serious matter. When it comes to our faith journey, we can't do it. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 11 and 12 says this. It says, we do not want you to become lazy... But to imitate those who, through faith and patience, inherit what is promised. So again, they're speaking of people who have already gone through, people who are already in eternal. So we're to imitate their lives. Do what they did because they, they, they didn't get lazy. They kept moving forward. And understand that God is working in you. God is working in your situation. And he started his work, and he really wants his work to be completed through you. But it's up to you as to whether you're going to keep moving forward or not. So where do you need perseverance? Again, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Because this is God, God will customize this message for every single person. Every person is going to hear a little, something a little different today because God's actually speaking to you. He is. Do you need to persevere with daily time with God or praying uh, for your family or your, your church or your, or your connect group or sharing your faith with friends or people on the job? Could it be tithing and generosity? Maybe it's just exercise and diet. It, it could be controlling your anger and your words. What is it that you need to persevere on and you need more perseverance? There was a time when I didn't have employment for several months. And I, and I was kind of stuck in a limbo type of situation, which is no fun. And, but one of the things that I did, I remember telling Rebecca right off, I said, okay, every day I'm still going to get up and I'm going to go to work. Well, what, is, what was work? I, I don't know. But every, every day I was going to go do something. I was going to keep get up and go do, I, would, I just keep going to work all the time. And that actually gets you in, keeps you in that, that mode. So you're moving forward. You keep surging forward and God opens those doors for you. But you got to take steps. You need to keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep trusting God with your pain. Trust God with your problems. Keep rolling. Don't fall asleep at the wheel. And here's another one. If you're going to stay in the race, you need to aim high in steering. Aim high in steering. Now, I learned that terminology when I was 15 years old taking driver's education in Harlingen, Texas. Oh, yeah. In the Rio Grande Valley. That's right. That's where I learned, that's where I learned to do that. And I learned how to drive. My dad's, uh, I learned how to drive at that time in the late 70s using my dad's Chrysler Cordoba. Oh, say, ooh. You're supposed to go, ooh, yeah. 
it's, it's a Chrysler Cordoba, you know. Ricardo Montalban, he would do the commercials with that. And I, I remember when I first, you got to leave that up there. That's, that's a beautiful picture. You just got to leave that. That's, I got to look at that for, for a while. Because that's, that's what I learned how to drive in. And, and I would just picture Ricardo Montalban, you know, because he did, at that time, was doing Fantasy Island. I'm like, man, you know, like, I, that is the car he probably has at Fantasy Island. I'm 15 years old, thinking, this is good. I'm going to get to drive my dad's Chrysler Cordova. I learned how to drive in that thing. And, and I would take it to, I loved driving that car. It was so much fun. That is a cool car, Right? Yes, it was, it was a very, very, very cool car. One of the things I loved about it, if you look at the front, at the very top of the grill, there's a hood ornament. Yeah. Oh, baby, a hood ornament. I, when my dad first got the car, I just remember looking at that hood ornament thinking, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen on a car ever. And, and it had a little, little wire attached to it so you could hang on and pop right back up. And I, dong, dong, dong. I, I had a best time playing with that hood ornament. I'll tell you guys, I never had a car that had a hood ornament. I never had them. I don't even think they do those on, like, normal cars anymore. Those, those were the good days. But I love that hood ornament. And so, and I would even look at it as we were driving down the road as a kid. But then when it came time to learn to drive, I'm like, wait a minute, that is now a tool. So what I would do is I would sit in the driver's seat, and I would look at that hood ornament and line it up with the little line that was on the side of the road. And thinking, if I just line it up right there with that line, I'm going to stay in. I'm going to be able to stay on the road. I, I calculated it in my head. Works. This works. I can drive just looking at the hood ornament. That's all I got to look at. That is what I was thinking, okay, guys? And, and, but, but the problem is, is that every time I accelerated, it would go a little bit faster. It got a little more dangerous. And my dad would be drive, riding with me, and I would start to run off the road. He's like, what are you doing? And he would take the wheel back. And I'm like, Dad, I'm just, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to stay on the road. Like, well, you're not staying in the road. You're going to go in the ditch. I'm like, okay. and, 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 and I never told Dad my secret method. But I knew that if I worked it hard enough, if I really worked it hard enough, that would work. I got really, really frustrated. I got to the point where I thought, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to drive a car. I just don't know if I can. I'm, I'm serious. I, I was, it was my struggle, the struggle of a 15-year-old boy. And then I went to driver's ed, got into that little air-conditioned trailer. Thank goodness everything's air-conditioned in the Rio Grande Valley. And got in that air-conditioned trailer, and then the teacher says, okay, today we're going to learn about how to aim high in steering. I'm like, oh, that sounds so dumb. I, everything in this class is so dumb. That was kind of my little attitude back then. And we got in there, and he started saying, you can never take a look at a part of your car, the side of your car, a hood ornament or something like that, and try to line it up. And he was like telling me that. That was my secret. That was my secret method. He said, you can't do that because you'll run off the road. He said, you've got to just look high. Look way down at the end of the road. If you look way down at the end of the road, you're going to stay on the road. You're going to stay in your lane. Or you aren't going to have any trouble at all. Now, that's a little scary because I had actually kind of fallen in love with my secret method of the hood ornament. I like that hood ornament. It made me feel good. But I did it, and I lifted my eyes, and I looked way down the road. It was scary at first, but then I began realizing this is a whole lot less stressful. I'm making it. I'm staying in my lane. I'm not going to crash into other cars or go into the ditch. And the, the beautiful hood ornament's still there, but I don't need to look at that hood ornament anymore. 
hearts. Just like what Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says. It says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. In other words, focus on the Lord, guys. Not on some fancy hood ornament. Quit looking at people or circumstances or position. Quit looking at possessions and trophies. Instead, aim high. Something much higher than that. Aim high. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And you're going to be able to get to your destination. Jesus is the key. Jesus is the key. The focus of communion is Jesus. We fix our eyes on Jesus. Yeah. I love this because 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 says, these words of the Apostle Paul. This is near the end of his life. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept what? The faith. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness. And you know what? You won't be the only one who's elated when you go through that finish line. You won't be the only one who's elated when you've, when you've actually fulfilled your faith journey. Because Matthew chapter 25, verse 23, also says that Jesus is going to be himself. He's going to be pretty excited for you. Look at this. This is what Jesus himself is going to say to you. He's going to say, well done, good and faithful. There's that word again, faith. Good and faithful servant. Now just pause right there. Do you know that Jesus does not have a whole list of requirements of the things you have to accomplish and levels that you have to attain and all of these things and trophies in life that you have to accumulate to get to heaven? No, he wants you to be good and faithful. Good and faithful. What I'm preaching about is faith right here. So this is what we got to do. He's just asking you to be faithful. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been what? Faithful over a few things. I'm now going to make you ruler over many things enter into the joy of your Lord. Guys, that is God's plans for you. And he is watching how you are walking on this journey right now. And God puts you in this room right now to hear these words so that you will pick up your feet, so you will keep moving, so you will take another step, and so that you're going to use that clean fuel and you're going to get rid of that excess baggage and so that you will keep your eyes aimed high at him. And if you do so, according to that scripture, God has more riches, more blessings. He has, he has so much for you if you'll just keep moving forward. Don't give up. Don't give up. Remember, we live by faith, not by sight. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.